Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. So it's with great delight that I get to introduce you to some of the amazing women of our staff. And I get to work with these women. We have Pastor Joanne, who's our executive pastor on staff. We have Serena Wilson, who's our youth pastor. And Melissa Sawatsky, who oversees all our weekend services and is our weekend service overseer. I've asked them to, um, we're going to dive into Isaiah 61 a little bit, but I just want to give you context of why that is. Um, I did a Beth Moore study when I was first coming into ministry because I just needed to know who I was and what was going on. And so uh, a few years ago, it became a life verse, Isaiah 61, one, but I think there's nine or ten. And so this year, when Lauren spoke on Isaiah 61 in February, it, it kind of like a little leap inside of me. And then when Pastor Phil spoke on Isaiah 61 just two weeks ago, I just thought, oh, okay. When the Lord speaks once, we're to obey. When he speaks twice, he's serious. So I just found that I um, that Isaiah 61 has has yeah just become very important to me right now. And so the girls are going to share on it in a minute. Isaiah 61:1. I like this one from the Voice. It says, "The Spirit of the Lord, the Eternal One, is on me. The Lord has appointed me for a special purpose." He's appointed all of you for a special purpose. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to repair the broken hearts and to declare to those who are held captive and bound in prison, be free from your imprisonment. I I realized too that this year, um, as the Lord's taking me through this journey, I am to help repair broken hearts. And I can help repair broken hearts because I will have gone through the journey. So as disciples of Jesus, we are all anointed and appointed to use our voice to help others, whether it is in public, whether it is loud, whether it is soft, whether it is in prayer, we are all to use our voice. So today we get to hear the testimonies of these wonderful women as they use their voice to share their journey. So let's begin with She Speaks. Question one for you girls, and I'm not going down the row, so it could be a little bit random, but he has anointed me to what? All right. Um, What a powerful scripture. Thank you, Pastor Kelly, for having us and for allowing us 
just the opportunity to share a little bit um, in the short time that we have around um, an area or areas that we feel that God has anointed and appointed us for. And um, one of the areas that I guess has been very predominant for me that I know that God has anointed and called me to is to lead by serving and to serve by leading. Um, those two words in my journey have been very synonymous, and they've been a driving factor in seeing the hand of God in everything that I do and say, and uh, to discover that in all different contexts, and to see it even unfold more in my love for the body of Christ, my love for the church, and see what does that look like, and to bring um, strength and unity into situations where it might need some gathering, some, some initiative, some whatever it takes. I just, God's really just given me some faith to step into things where it maybe didn't look clear on the onset, but to keep moving forward, to step into it, and to see him use me in that way has been powerful. Um, just to quote Isaiah 61, verse 3, the second half really stood out to me was, for the Lord has planted them like strong and graceful oaks for his own glory. And I just felt that really typified what I feel God has called me to in the body of Christ is to create strength and to carry that so that we can be his oaks of righteousness, another scripture calls us, and it's all for his glory. So that is what God has called and uh, anointed and appointed me to. Great, Melissa. Um, I don't know if anyone else hears that question and you think like, oh gosh, like what a loaded question he has anointed me to. Like, can you sum it up in a sentence or in a couple of minutes? And I don't know that I can, but um, for me, I said he has uh, anointed me to use my voice and the unique sound that comes from my life to create a space for others to find theirs. And um, I just want to clarify what I mean when I, when I think voice, like, you know, you might think uh, a platform or speaking on a microphone or having some sort of major influence. I don't, I actually don't think that's what that means. But to find your quote unquote voice, it's like your confidence. Okay, what do I bring to the table? What am I called to do? And to, 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 to do that with full confidence, like that's what it means to um, find and know and use my, my voice um, for me and to be able to say he has anointed me to fill in the blank and that it's different for everyone, which is so awesome. And, um, and then as you grow in that confidence, as I've grown in that confidence, I just want to see other people find their voice. Like it becomes less about my voice and, and it's more about, man, I want to see the next generation and the people around me find their voice and use their voice and, and their confidence. And, and then the second part to that, I, I said the unique sound. And uh, stay with me here. This is like kind of often how God speak to, speaks to me. Uh, but you know how people have like their own smell? Like if you borrow your friend's sweater, it just smells like them. And then you're like, oh, was well, it a bad smell? And you're like, well, no, it's just, it's just you. It's your smell. Um, I would like to think that people also have a sound uh, to their life. And um, I, I picture a radio, and you know when you're turning the knob to the right or to the left to adjust to find like that point of perfect clarity? 
but in either direction until you find that spot. It's just fuzzy. And I think that so many people are tuning that knob to everybody else, and it just sounds fuzzy. And nobody wants to listen to a fuzzy radio. But when you turn it to God, it's perfect clarity. And I believe that everyone has that like perfect spot, but if you're constantly turning it to the wrong direction, it's just fuzzy. And so um, that's what I want to see is people find that spot that brings them perfect clarity. Excellent. Don't I work with amazing women? Um, uh, you know, most days I don't feel anointed. <laughs> Uh, but thank goodness God's promises are not related to how I feel or my circumstances. I didn't know Melissa was going to quote the end of verse 3, but that's what spoke to me as well. A different version where the Lord says, um, we are to be called. So for me, it feels like, oh, this is the why. The why is we're to be trees of righteousness, plantings for him so that we can bring glory to him. And the Lord has reminded me that it is so easy for me to bring glory to him when things are well, when things are good. But he's saying, no, you're an overcomer. And that means you need to overcome your feelings. You need to overcome your circumstances and bring glory to me in the midst of crisis in the midst of chaos. And how do I do that? Um, I believe it's not done in isolation. Uh, I believe, um, you know, I have uh, the people that have walked with me, literally walked with me, Pastor Kelly, and, and those in authority over me, Pastor Lauren has spoken into me, and I have this amazing group of people that surround me that not only pray for me, but pray with me. And then I have uh, children that have prophetic words and visions. And then I have a husband that not only intercedes, but travails. If you want to know more about that, you can talk to Gord. Um, but what I'm trying to say is I, I feel that I'm called, in spite of my circumstances, through the Holy Spirit, to give him glory at all times. And it is to be... Um, it done in uh, community, not in isolation. Yeah. Hold, hold the mic there, Joanne. <laughs> I, I just wanted to go further on, on what you were just saying. And the thing is, how do we know the voice of God? And for some of us, it is, um, sometimes I think we hear it and we ignore it. And, and we, we're not obedient to it. And so this morning, sometimes um, you have a voice and it's being shut down. So at the end of the service, we're going to, you know, for everyone who feels like they have a voice and that it's being silenced in any way, we're going to, all these ladies are going to pray for you. But it's so important that as disciples that we use our lives because that's the only way we can bring heaven to earth is through each of us. So, Joanne, I want to um, ask, ask you the question, like, tell, tell, tell us more about the overcoming part, the overcoming spirit. Like, how did that develop? So in 2008, 
um, there was a group of us that, it, there were over 30 of us, actually, that got on an airplane and we flew to sunny Hawaii for a C3 conference. It was remarkable. And the first night of the conference, we were in this huge convention center, and Gordon and I are sort of in the center in the back. And Canon J. John spoke, and he said, if you have been healed by the Lord of any disease, I want you to stand up. Well, beyond that, I didn't hear another word because my inner voice was having an argument with the Lord, and he's saying, stand up, and I'm saying, but Lord, I don't think you've healed me, and he's saying, stand up, so... I stand up, and that's that. That night, I'm asleep, in a deep sleep in my hotel room. And the Lord awakens me, and he says, stretch out your hand. And so I stretched out my hand, and he placed it on a growth, on a mass that I didn't know existed. And he said to me in just the quietest voice, he said, when you get back to Calgary, we need to deal with this. And that's that. So I got back to Calgary, and of course I made a few appointments, and uh, sure enough, within a very short period of time, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I was scheduled for um, surgery two weeks following the diagnosis. Now, if you know anything about this, by the time you're diagnosed and the time you have surgery, there's all kinds of appointments that you go to. So I was a little nervous about the first uh, appointment. I went in, and this lovely technician uh, started to uh, set me up. And she said, so tell me, how did you learn that you had cancer? Ah, OK. So I got to share my story. I got to share about God's goodness in this health crisis. And so it went with every single appointment. They asked me the same question. So here we are several weeks later, and uh, we are in a conference room uh, across the table from my oncologist. And um, he's laid out a whole plan for me, radiation, chemotherapy. He's explained it all. He's a very business busy man. So he gets up and he's ready to leave. And he says, so we'll see you in a couple days. And I said, I, I think I need a little bit of time. And he said, for what? And I said, I need to pray. Well, his eyes quickly averted to my husband like, oh, he must be the rational person in this relationship. He'll speak some sense into her. And Gord just looked at him, squared his shoulders and said, we're going to pray. So I booked an appointment for three weeks later, and um, after much praying and some flying, you thought I was going to say fasting. No, we flew to California because I think I can hear from the Lord better in the sunshine. How about you, Pastor Kelly? So we flew to California, and we came back, and here we found ourselves back in the same office with the same plan in front of us, with the same doctor, lovely man, uh, but I had a word. And the, the doctor came in and said, so, you're ready to start? And I said, um, actually, I don't need your treatment. Again, his eyes averted to Gord. Like, please help me. And he said, it's not my treatment. Uh, I collaborate, collaborated with a group of professionals. We have determined that this is the best path for you. And I said, thank you, but I don't need it. 
And he said, why? And I said, because Jesus has told me it's over. It's finished. I'm done. Well, (laughs) after a few more verbal boxing matches that continued between him, um, that was that. We left the room. A few months later, I went to my surgeon, and of course, he agreed and affirmed with me my decision. And here I am 14 years later, cancer-free, and I am reminded of God's faithfulness and his goodness. See you, Serena. So, Serena, when you're talking about your um, finding your voice, you know, as especially as a youth pastor right now, too, and, and a young woman who has a powerful voice to the next generation. Tell us how you found it, and were there some, you know, challenges that you were faced with? Yeah, I, I would say that I am still finding it, and it is a, a lifelong journey and adventure. Um, but, and I've, you know, faced this kind of battle of, okay, what, what's my voice, what's my place in different places and seasons of my life, but um, with, with youth ministry in particular, a couple, year, a couple years ago when I first started, I, well, I'd never been to youth group, number one, because I didn't grow up going to church, and so I felt like, what on earth am I doing trying to lead a youth ministry I don't know the first thing about it. And I felt super unqualified. And I maybe didn't even vocalize it that much at the time because I felt like I'm just going to do it. But I felt like this can't, this can't be it. And I actually remember there was someone that I really looked up to at the, at the time. And I don't share this to fault anybody at all, but saying like to me, when I very first started uh, this is a mistake. It's a waste of your time. It's just babysitting. And I, I think you should opt out. And I remember going home and, and being like, okay, like, oh my gosh, I don't know why I'm crying so much when I speak these days. God help me. Um, Yeah, I just remember honestly considering it. And I don't think he said that to discourage me. Like, he actually had my best interests at heart. Um, Obviously, I'm still here, but it was was tough. And I just remember looking at other youth ministries and pastors in the city, which there's an amazing network of churches in Calgary. And But rather than letting iron sharpen iron, which is what the Bible actually calls us to do and learn and and let them sharpen me, I just felt like, okay, well, I'm just going to do what everybody else is doing. And hopefully that will work for us too. And I went through a season of that. And, you know, eventually I did realize like, oh my gosh, like, you know, God's actually called me to this position. And rather than tuning that knob on the radio to everybody else, maybe I should just tune it to God. And that was like, I felt such a significant shift the moment I did that, I can't even tell you, because I wasn't trying to copy everybody else around me. And that's my own personal example, but take that for whatever you are doing in your, in your own life. And 
you may have heard before, like God cannot anoint who you pretend to be. Like you have a unique personality, unique gifting, unique strengths, and God's anointed that, not anything else. And it's like Pastor Chris Pringle always says, when you do your gift, the wind will blow. And it's the wind of heaven that's behind you. And that's when you actually get out of your own way and the Holy Spirit can come and do what only he can do. So uh, I hope that encourages you with wherever you're at, because don't think for a second that I ever felt like I just ripped into a new opportunity and felt like I was super qualified because I, I totally didn't. So, awesome. Very good. So, Melissa, you were talking about leading. So um, how did you know you were called to lead and, and how has your leadership been developed? Wow. So there's always a lot of talk as you start growing up around, well, how are you wired? What are your gift sets? All those things. And, um, you know, I remember grade eight was my very first uh, in health class going through gift sets, uh, personality types. And they were, they were okay. But honestly, it was um, when God got a hold of my life as a teenager and I really began to understand what it was, not perfectly, I was a teenager, but to surrender my life to the Lord. When I surrendered my life to the Lord, it was like, um, it's like what you said, the power of heaven gets behind you when you give him all that you are, who you are, to be used by him. And all of a sudden, I started finding myself in situations that... Um, I didn't plan to, but it was like everything I would participate in, I would end up being put into some position of leadership. And I never thought much of it at the time, except for now as I look back at the trajectory of my life, I say, oh, okay, there's a pattern here. And, uh, you know, everything, and it didn't even matter what the context was. It was like God was using every circumstance, every dynamic to, um, for his glory, so that everything I did shone and pointed to him. So, you know, even from, you know, in my high school years, being in, involved in a lot of different um, choir situations and being asked and put into even different um, areas um, to lead because I was strong in it. I could, I could just do it. Um, everything from my first part-time job in high school at an A&W to being thrown into a supervisory position by the end of my grade 11 into my grade 12 year. gets given leadership in a store. And you know, all of a sudden you're like leading the floor and you're doing cash, like just really random things. And, you know, then to really have a heart to see the kingdom of God come. And for the youth that are in here, I was on the very first Street Invaders. And, um, yeah, we won't say how long ago that was. It was quite a long time ago. But that first year, I was in Kamloops, B.C., and my leaders, at the end of that time, said to me, we, are you going to come back next year and be a leader? Because they, they've, they noticed... Um, I just put my hand to serve the team, the things that we were asked to do. And it was like, that was like this aha moment of like, that's why I said call to, to lead, to serve, to serve, to lead. Like they, they go together. And uh, so all those kind of areas, even from work, um, coming in even to be on staff at the church, which we've always been involved in our church lives, um, serving, um, coming in and wanting to serve where there was a need. And then you just kind of, you move with that. You just, 
and sometimes it feels a little ambiguous. Maybe you've got gifts and talents, and you're not really sure the specific, but just know that God's anointing goes with you in whatever context he's called you to at that moment, and he wants to develop that, and I know for me, he used many, you know, circumstances, some good, some not so good environments to help me learn what it is to uh, trust him with his anointing, to trust him in his direction, and using my gifts so that he would receive the glory, that people would experience the presence of God um, in what I'm saying or doing or directing, whatever that looks like. And so, um, yeah, and just taking opportunities to develop. Um, the one scripture that really struck me was 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, and uh, Paul exhorts Timothy to fan into flame and or to stir up. And I know that that's a big piece of carrying a gift and a calling and knowing the anointing of God is you have to take responsibility to stir it. You have to take responsibility to, to practice, to work on things, that, to say yes to the leading of the Holy Spirit, to step into things so that you can be stretched and grow. And so that's been a, that's been a key thing. So if I could just encourage you, say yes to the Holy Spirit, say yes to his voice and fan into flame the gifts and the callings that God has on your life. Awesome. Awesome. As, as you can see um, with each of the girls here, that they've all gone through a journey. And each of us are going through a journey. Each of us are going through a season. And sometimes we get stalled because the circumstance comes above the Lord's voice instead of the Lord's voice coming above the circumstance. And so, um, like their stories, they have authority now to pray and speak over people because they've come through it. The Lord wants to bring each of us through our season and not, not agree with our season because sometimes it looks pretty ugly, um, but he wants us to see his perspective of the season. So what word has he given you to speak? Because truly, it's not about you. It's about somebody else. And it's about you coming through your season so that he can bring freedom through you to someone in their season. So, um, you know, the healing and, and, you know, a young voice trying to find her way and the leading that circumstances. I know that personally the Lord's bringing me through this season and I can honestly say that um, without him, I don't think I'd be as strong today as I feel, like I truly feel like he has brought me through this season of heartbreak in, in such a powerful way. And it's because I have to keep going back to him and believing what he says and not what my circumstance says. So I challenge each of us today to live above your circumstance. Live the word that the Lord has called you to, to live. And so thank you girls for sharing your stories and sharing your seasons. And again, the Lord didn't, you know, put sickness on Joanne, but she overcome that with his um, voice so that she can speak to it. 
So the Lord doesn't put stuff on us. To It just happens to be the way the world is. And it's fallen and broken. So we want to conclude today's um, just talk about She Speaks. I want to say we all speak. And we all need to speak. But it is Mother's Day. And we all have mums. Or had mums. And so I've asked the girls to share, um, to honor their moms with their voices, how they, however they choose. Wow. Um, well, my mom's not here at this service. She'll be here at the next one. Um, but um, I just, so my dad passed away last summer. And I knew this would happen, but... Walking with my mom when somebody's been married 57 years and their identity is so attached to that relationship, which isn't unhealthy. It's actually marriage attachment is very godly. Um, But to see her really push through in spite and as difficult as it's been um, has been so encouraging. Um, The strength that she's always been in our family Um, her desire, her vision for family um, after not having a very healthy family growing up, uh, to bring that in, in the imperfection, but with a desire that the Lord, like what you said, Pastor Lauren, the atmosphere in the home, um, that was always the cry of her heart. And no family's perfect, but I can honestly say seeing her strength and not only in having to transition into being an elderly widow, but also into just seeing her navigate um, the life that her and my dad walked and her, the strength she brought to the home. I just honor that. And I know that that's a piece that has stuck with me in the anointing and the calling that God has is the strength, um, knowing that I can go to the Lord for my strength and seeing that walk out in her life. Um, yeah, I feel really fortunate to have both a mom and a stepmom who, um, are businesswomen and female leaders. And I got to see that growing up and a lot of, you know, people look up to them and, um, it was really cool. So, you know, as a leader, I've, I've learned a lot from them and there's so many things I could say, but what came to mind initially was that both of them, my mom and my stepmom, created so much space for me to to dream and to try things and also to to fail and they honestly both made me feel and still do like you can do anything and I honestly believed like genuinely I believed I could do anything and there were times that I would try something and and I didn't work out and they would cheer me on and 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 then when I failed they were there to pick me back up and and like okay well like let's let's try something else and it wasn't until I got older that I realized oh not everybody has that and so that's why I can look at a room of of young people now and I think like with God there is genuinely nothing that you cannot do And I believe that. 
And so to have, um, I just honor my mom and my stepmom for giving me not only room to dream and to try, um, but also room to fail. Um, I definitely wouldn't be where I am or, or who I am without both of them. Um, my mom passed away in uh, 2013. She was 80 years old. She had been married for over 60 years. She had uh, seven children, many, many grandchildren, and of course, several great-grandchildren. And uh, at her funeral, we read Proverbs 31, because she truly was a Proverbs 31 woman. She was an incredible homemaker. She was an artist. She was a pianist. She was a gardener. Um, she was the overseer of our, uh, the finances for the family business. But she was kind, and she was generous, and she had um, an incredible faith. And I just feel so uh, blessed that she imparted that faith to me, into me, as well as she encouraged Gord and his faith. But I want to honor her legacy today because she imparted her faith to my daughter as well as my son, Victoria and Blake. So I honored her today as just an incredible woman of faith. Um, I, I just want to honor my mom too. Hi, mom. She watches Sunday nights. <laughs> so I might as well be like all the TV personalities that come up. Hi, mom. And I give honor to my mom. No, just kidding. Um, oh, I do give honor to my mom. Sorry. <laughs> and thank you, Jesus. Um, but I, I honor my mom for just loving family and loving hospitality because hospitality in that word is hospital and people would always come to our home and around our table and now I do it and my kids are doing it and I just appreciate you know Kelly getting a bigger table so that it goes from my place now to her place but it's the whole hospitality thing so thank you Kelly um, these women are incredible, and I'd like you to just give a hand to all of them. Lauren, I'd like you to come up, please. We want to wrap up this service, and um, the girls are going to come down front, and we're happy to pray with anyone. It just doesn't have to be um, women. But anyone that feels like their voice has been lost, feels maybe stuck, feels maybe like their circumstance is above what the Lord's asked them to do. And we want to pray with you. And remember that the Spirit of the Lord is upon each of you. And He has anointed you too. So this week, take that to Him and ask Him what what he has and don't forget on your way out to pick up a card in that card actually is um, from our staff is a list of books that have spoken to each of the staff members and we encourage you as as leaders to be readers and so that's our gift to you as well as I think if you have a coffee you get a sweet treat ladies only only. So, Lauren, would you pray for us?
Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.